Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Here inside of the morning menu, proudly presented by the Market Diner on 2100 Park Street in Syracuse, New York, in the regional market across from Destiny, USA. It is the home of the Dan Tortora special Belgian waffle cut in half filled with a bacon, egg, and cheese omelet. It's my spin on the bacon, egg, and cheese breakfast sandwich but it's inside of a Belgian waffle. Get that any day of the week at the Market Diner, 2100 Park Street in Syracuse, New York, right by Destiny USA in the regional market. Inside of this piece of today's show, we are discussing fantasy football and Fantasy Football Friday, where we dedicate our time, Mike Sofka and myself, to giving you advice on fantasy football going into your live draft, coming out of your live draft, waiver wire, free agency, and throughout the entire season and beyond. We started a few weeks ago in getting momentum and getting you rolling and starting the discussion, and now we are giving our thoughts on the running backs and our rankings. You can go to wakeupcalldt.com to the Fantasy Football tab, and right under the Fantasy Football tab, you will see running back rankings. You can check them out there. You can also go to halloffamefantasyfootball.com and support my guy Mike Sofka as well. I suggest that you take his information, my information, throw it together, and find a general consensus between the two because Mike and I put a lot of work, a lot of effort into making you smarter so that you can beat us on Sunday. So, Mike, are we gluttons for punishment? I mean, we're giving we're giving our hard-fought information to other people that we're going up against. So, you know, we're, we're being giving, which is what Jesus would do, but are we, are we essentially you know, a glutton for punishment maybe in this whole thing. Look, you're only as good as the people you play against, and I hope we play Amen. against a lot of people that we listen to and or that listen to us. And, and, and with that in mind, I want to become a better fantasy player. And the only way I can become a better fantasy player is if I play against somebody who's good. Me going into a league and knowing that I can, you know, take everybody's money, that's great. It's a big cash ball. It's a big windfall. That's great. But I have a sense of pride. And I want to win. So I don't mind, you know, sharing information with people. Now, as far as, you know, from from a standpoint where I'm going to give you all the bullets to beat me in one week, I'm going to draw the line there. <laughs> but at the same time, if you ask me a question, even if you're playing against me, I'm going to tell you the truth. Uh, uh, start this guy over this guy or draft this guy over that guy. I'm going to, I'm going to help you. That's, it's what I enjoy doing. I feel it makes me a better player because that makes me push that much harder. So... You know, I am kind of selfish in that regard. Helping other people, to me, helps me in the long run because, well, it's not only the right thing to do, but it makes me crack down that much harder. It makes me work that much harder to win on the fantasy football plane. No, and I totally agree, and I, and I had that conversation with actually one of our listeners right now with John earlier this week, and, and I said, you know, go to my website, do your research, Look at all this, you know, I was like, that's five hours of work for this, seven hours of work for this. Go and check it out, see it, and, you know, get a feel for it. Agree with it, disagree with it, take a look at whatever you want to do, and, you know, and let's have a discussion. But I told him, I said, I'm essentially giving you paperwork on how to beat me. I'm I'm handing you my playbook, but at the end of the day, if I hand you my playbook and I show you my plays, I still have to execute my plays. So I want to play against the best of the best. I want to play against people that don't just set it and forget it. They put their lineup up week one and then they never do it again. I don't want to play against those people. I want to play against somebody who's spending some time each week watching the games, 
paying attention and giving me their best shot. Because if I beat the worst team in the league, I'm supposed to do that. But if I beat the second best team or the first best team, whatever it may be in the league, now I'm elevating my game and I'm elevating where I'm going. So I'm going to help you out to the best of my ability because it's the goodness of my heart and it's the type of person I am. And it is, like Mike said, it is much sweeter of a victory to beat a player who is great at fantasy football as opposed to beat a player who literally has no idea what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's why I play. I consider it a challenge each week. And if I'm not challenged, I'm... I've done something wrong. I joined the wrong league. I'm, I'm doing something wrong. You know, there's been an old an old cliche. If you walk into a room and you're the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room. You know, you want to you want to keep elevating yourself. You want to keep, you know, at, at least that's the way I look at it. So, you know, there's a guy that we could talk about here being we're switching over to running backs. There's a guy that's elevated his game to be above everybody in the league. And, of course, that's David Johnson. If you have the number one pick and you don't take David Johnson this year, shame on you. A lot of people laughed when, you know, I took David Johnson early on or some other people took David Johnson way earlier than they thought. You know, they were taking Le'Veon Bell. They were taking other guys ahead of him. And, and you know what? David Johnson has proved them all wrong. Whether it's PPR or not, David Johnson is a beast. And if you have the number one pick, there you go. That's your guy, David Johnson. I know I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but I'm reinforcing it. That's the guy. No, and I agree. You know, and and it's nice to see a guy that stands out. I think the last couple seasons, you know, we have been concerned. Last year, if you had the number one pick, you thought in your head, do I pick Todd Gurley? Is he the number one or the number two or the number four? He's going to be gone by the time we get to number five. But that was a notion in some people's minds. Is it Todd Gurley? We don't know what Ezekiel Elliott's going to be. He fell to the third round in some keeper leagues and whatnot. So David Johnson is the first guy we've had in the last couple of years where we could outright, I mean, yeah, you can argue Aaron Rodgers and Antonio Brown and whatnot, but David Johnson, really across the board, he's the guy that you would look at. 1,239 rushing yards last year, the season, the average among running backs with at least 160 carries last season was 1,014. So he more, he had 200 plus yards on top of the average of every other running back with 160 carries in the NFL among 32 teams. The average catches for a running back last season was 36. David Johnson, 80. He caught like a wide receiver. The average touchdowns total receiving and rushing, 9.6. He had 20. He doubled the touchdown output. He more than doubled the reception output and had 200-plus yards above the rushing output. When it comes down to the numbers, David Johnson reminds me of a guy that I loved watching in the NFL, and that is Marshall Falk. Marshall Falk and the work that he did with the Rams, catching the ball out of the backfield. At that time, there wasn't anybody like him. It was Marshall Falk and nobody. And I feel like right now, it's David Johnson and nobody. I believe there's good running backs out there, but there's nobody like David Johnson just like there was nobody like Marshall Falk. This is the consensus number one overall pick if you have the number one pick. Some of you want to draft your team because you love your team. Some of you want to draft this player because it's your favorite player. But if you are a smart fantasy football player and you have the number one pick, you do not let David Johnson go to number two 
Because if you do, that person will undoubtedly buy you a beer for probably every week of the season for the rest of your life. Because if you give them David Johnson, you've given them a shot at a championship. My top five, David Johnson of Arizona, Le'Veon Bell, who in in a miracle turn of events, Mike, will be playing week one and not suspended the first four games, which he's become so used to. Le'Veon Bell is my number two from, from Pittsburgh. He can get a quick suspension in. There's still time. I know there is. There's always time. There's a, there's a, there's time for Roger Goodell to take the suspension away from Ezekiel Elliott and give it to Le'Veon Bell. So yes. don't put that out of uh, don't put out of, uh, that out of the realm of possibility. My number three, and this would have been reluctant for me to do in the past, but I can't argue with numbers, and I can't argue with consistency. Lashawn McCoy of the Buffalo Bills is my third. My number four is Melvin Gordon of the Los Angeles Chargers, who I drafted two years ago and did nothing for me and then got good last year, and I think he could be even better this year. And my number five was a dark horse last year. He went from dark horse obscurity, Mike Sofka, not me, not Dan Totora. I'm going to admit this wholeheartedly. The man that was the first person to say this name on my show was Mike Sofka. Jordan Howard of the Chicago Bears, which I thought was the only good thing on their offense last year. Cameron Meredith's okay. Kevin White needs to stay healthy. Jordan Howard is my number five. So my top tier, once again, Johnson, Bell, McCoy, Gordon, Howard. What are your top five, Mike? Uh, close, but, but not quite the same. Of course, I got Johnson number one. Bell, I think, is a little bit of a drop-off from Johnson. He's the poor man's David Johnson, if you would now, but He's still a great player. Don't get me wrong. You're gonna you're gonna do well if you have a David Bell or Le- Le'Veon Bell on your team. But Devonta Freeman has catapulted up the chart for me. He's the number three guy. I know he's got Tevin Coleman breathing down his back, but they just extended him. I know there's a you know a, a thought process once somebody signs a big contract, but this is a guy that has done everything he can do and everything that's been asked of him, and he's done it well. He, he's been the leader running the ball in Atlanta, so i got to give him the no, number three spot. Number four, LaShawn McCoy, they run the ball well in Buffalo. Even though their offensive line is now younger, they're still running the ball. They're going to continue to run the ball, and that's what they do there. And then number five, Melvin Gordon, the guy who burst upon the scene, the guy who the year before last, I had called this last year as well, simply because, well, he worked out with Adrian Peterson all summer last off season. So this is a guy who really was from his freshman season in the NFL to his sophomore season, if you would. This is a guy who turned it around, and this is a guy who made a a big leap there. And uh, Ezekiel Elliott has dropped almost out of the top ten for him. He's still in the top ten, but almost out of the top ten because of the suspension. Now, you know, these situations are fluid, so if things change and let's say the Zeke suspension gets thrown out altogether, obviously I'm going to readjust. Or let's say it gets reduced to four games. I may bump him up a little bit. But but right now it's Johnson, Bell, Freeman, McCoy, and Gordon. And relatively almost completely the same because right outside of my top five I have Devontae Freeman. Now, this is the thing that I said we were going to talk about before we took that fast break, and that is that Devontae Freeman – and AP is the question we just got asked. So, John, we will uh, we will get to AP in, in just a second here because he is somebody that I want to mention why I put him where I put him. But Devontae Freeman of the Atlanta Falcons, he dropped out of my top five to number six because he 
just signed his big money contract. He just got paid. It's not a contract year. That was last year. Now, he had back-to-back 1,000-yard rushing seasons going into his contract year, which is a great situation to be in. Back-to-back contract, back-to-back 1,000-yard rushing seasons to get that big contract. Now he has it. So now the question is, will he perform or will he drop off? There are guys like a Chris Johnson who dropped off after they signed their big money. So Devontae Freeman drops out of my top five because I'm a little wary of if he's going to give it his all or if he's going to go maybe 90%, maybe 85%, maybe 100%, but not every game. So that is why he is where he is. Because he signed that big contract in the offseason, one of two things will happen. One, he will appreciate the job security and go out and work as if he has no job security and every game counts. Or two, he sees that new contract as an opportunity to not go full steam ahead because he has job security. So it's either pretending like you don't have it or pretending like you do. Fantasy owners, you are going to have success with Devontae Freeman if he plays as if he's fighting for that contract once again. But if he does anything outside of that, you could be a little bit frustrated, but not completely, and that's why he's number six. DeMarco Murray Murray is my number seven, and I want to discuss DeMarco here with you, Mike, because DeMarco Murray was on a Dallas Cowboy team where they said, is it DeMarco or is it the line? Then he went to Philadelphia, and you're like, okay, well, it had to be the line. He's not a bad player, but holy crap. He went from an NFC East team with Dallas to an NFC East team with Philadelphia, and it was night and day. But then he went to Tennessee, and he was good again. So that just exposed the fact that Philadelphia's offensive line, really not that great. Because DeMarco Murray did it against a good line in Dallas, but in Tennessee, they're not known for their offensive line. They're not known for their protection. And last season, he had 1,287 rushing yards, 53 catches out of the backfield, 12 total touchdowns he had. And when we look at his numbers and how he advanced himself, he had almost 1,900 yards with Dallas and 13 touchdowns three seasons ago in 2014-15. With the Eagles, 702 yards, which was 1,100 plus lower, seven touchdowns, so less than, so about half of what he had before, but he was still a compliment to your team. And then the question of what he was going to do in Tennessee was answered last year. He has a durable back. He played in all 16 games last season and in all 16 in 2014-15 and 15 of 16 in 2015-16. After his time in Philadelphia, that one-season experiment, people thought DeMarco Murray wasn't all he was cracked up to be and that the offensive line of Dallas made him look better. Now I think DeMarco Murray is one of those fantasy guys that if you look at last season week to week was a guy you could trust for his consistency and he's durable. He's there. So to me, DeMarco Murray has risen from potential obscurity, top 20, to top 10 for me. What do you think about DeMarco? Yeah, I got DeMarco just inside my top 10. You you hit the nail on the head there with the offensive line situation. Tennessee does have a good blocking situation going on, even when Derrick Henry runs the ball. Don't forget that DeMarco Murray situation changed things for Tennessee, who just had brought in Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry can't get on a field now, thanks to DeMarco Murray. And, you know, there's other things that come into play there, pass blocking, your ability to catch the ball, and so forth. So, DeMarco Murray's a full package guy. He's definitely worthy of a top 10 pick. I got him at number 9. 
and he's just behind Ezekiel Elliott. And, you know, I, I, I'm fighting this one, and I'm, I'm wanting to stay with Zeke, Zeke in the top ten. It's just it's becoming harder and harder as it gets closer to kickoff to, to do that. I mean, you got to take into consideration that Zeke's going to miss six games. Dallas is on a bye in week seven. You're not going to give him the week eight. So you got to play, and you got to forecast around that. If you can take a DeMarco Murray in the beginning of the second round, you're good. And at the end of the second round, beginning of the third round, more so at the end of the second round, if Zeke Elliott falls into your lap, that's where you got to take him. And, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't discuss Jordan Howard. He was one of my guys last year. Here's a guy who's going to average draft position of the end of the first round. Now I'm on a sell with him because I don't think he's that high. I don't think he's on that level. So you, you may want to temper your expectations there a little bit. Now with the quarterback change in, in Chicago, but he's still worthy of a top 10 pick. And at number six, Jay Ajayi, I think he's still going to do a, a great job in Miami. You know, he burst on the scene last year with a couple 200-yard games, and uh, they're going to keep beating him the rock. That's the guy you can get at the beginning of the second round. Yeah, you know, Jay, Jay Ajayi for me is, is somebody, he's gone through concussion protocol and came through it okay, so that's obviously a positive sign to see for, for Jay Ajayi here in the in the preseason. But this is somebody who, who we waited and waited and waited to see what he could do. He's still a very young running back in the NFL, but we were getting impatient, and he came through last season. Now it's about being consistent and getting the job done. But Jay Ajayi has risen, DeMarco Murray has risen, and then Jordan Howard in the same respect. Now, I have Lamar Miller in my top 10. Deontay Foreman has to stay out of trouble. But what do you think about this two-headed running back situation? Because Lamar Miller has never had to worry about Alfred Blue. But what do you think about Lamar Miller and Deontay Foreman? Yeah, I think you hit the, hell, hit the nail on the head there with uh, staying out of trouble. You know, the, you know, Foreman's a young guy. And, you know, I think back when I was like 20, 21, 22, you know, somebody had thrust, you know, millions of dollars into my lap and everyone's always been telling me how great I was all my life. You know, I may be living in a, you know, in a, in a skewed universe as well. Things may not be the same. Don't forget, these players got situations in their personal lives. A lot of them carry their posses with them so they don't forget where they came from. They got family leaning on them, people asking them for money all the time. And this is just their personal life. This has nothing to do with the giant playbook and so forth. That's why breaking into this league is so hard, and that's why staying in this league is so hard. So I think a Lamar Miller is going to be fine right off because I don't think Foreman is going to be able to find himself on the field. I don't think he's going to find himself in a situation where he's proven he understands the pass blocking. If you can't pass block as a running back in this league, you're not going to be on the field. There's times when you pass on the early downs to keep momentum going on a drive. You can't be in the game as a running back, and they know every time you come in, you're going to run the ball. If that happens, you're not going to run the ball very long. They're going to stack eight men in the box when you're in the game, and they're going to tackle you behind the line of scrimmage. So if you know how to pass block in the NFL as a running back, you're going to find extra playing time. And that's the difference between Lamar Miller and Foreman is Miller understands the pass blocking schemes there. He's going to be on the field, so he's going to get the touches. You know, Lamar Miller, he does. He cracks He cracks my top ten. And, you know, I do believe that, you know, I haven't given him always the credit where credit is due in the past. And we look at this, it's the second time in the last three seasons where he's had at least 1,000 yards on, a ground, on the ground. He had 1,073 
He had six touchdowns, so you'd like to see that improve, and 31 catches out of the backfield. So he is a, a certain – I mean, you're rolling the dice a little bit because of Deshaun Watson, but I think Deshaun's going to make Lamar better. Uh, rounding out my top ten, this might be a dark horse. This is going to be a dark horse to some people. It's going to be somebody that people overlook. It's going to it's going to be someone people do not draft. This is a guy who I honestly believe – could drop into round 14 and people would totally forget about him. He's also a guy that I think could be taken in the top three rounds. I put a lot of value into him, and that is Isaiah Kroll from the Cleveland Browns. 952 rushing yards, 40 catches, 7 total touchdowns. He has a pristine record in his three seasons in the NFL. He's played in all 16 games in all three seasons, showing his durability. He had an increase in his rushing attempts from year one to year two, and from year two to year three. With the increased workload, he's shown an increase in yardage gain on the ground. He had 607 yards in 14-15, 706 in 2015-16, and 952 last season. He scored all of his eight touchdowns as a rookie on the ground. Then he dipped to five two seasons ago and rose to seven last year, all rushing touchdowns and caught more passes out of the backfield last season with 40 than he had done in his first two seasons combined with 28. So to me, it's 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 an opportunity for you to grab somebody who I think is a, is a top 10 running back in the NFL. Per, as far as my, this is how I look at it. Cleveland is going to have issues no matter what season we're in because they always seem to have issues. But Isaiah Kroll who I feel a lot of people overlook, or even if they draft him, they just bury him on their bench. He is a guy who has consistently shown you his durability, as I said. He's consistently risen his game as a receiver. He's risen his game as a running back. And no matter how many quarterbacks have come through there, six, seven, eight quarterbacks, he has found a way to be a part of the offense. And if there's one thing Cleveland can do historically, it's run the ball. So... Isaiah Kroll, I don't even have Duke Johnson Jr. anywhere close to him at all in this ranking. What do you think about Isaiah Kroll and the Cleveland Browns? Because dare I put him in the top 10, but I value him more than I think other people do. What do you see with Isaiah? Yeah, if you're going to have a Cleveland Brown on your team, that's the guy you want. Uh, Nobody on Cleveland really excites me except Isaiah Crowell. This is a guy who's number 12 on my list right now as far as running backs. However... I have him ranked number 26th overall. So what that means is you're going to get value. Let's say you're in a 12-team league. That means he's a beginning of the third-round player. Well, he's going to average in the middle of the third round. So you can get value for him, middle of the third round, get a late second-round upside guy in Isaiah Crowell who, don't forget, if they have quarterback challenges, they're going to run the ball. They're going to run the ball, and when they're done running the ball, they're going to run the ball some more. So that's a great situation for him to be in, especially because he can catch the ball, and he can be on the field for pass blocking and pass reception. Duke Johnson, talented guy. He's just not on Corwell's level. I got a Duke Johnson ranked number 25th overall on running backs. But, you know, I've always been partial to rookie running backs, so there's quite a few rookie running backs that we need to look at too. Yeah, absolutely, and we are going to look at those rookie running backs right after this final fast break. We'll be back with Fantasy Football Friday with Mike Sofka 
and myself, Dan Satora, inside of Wake Up Call, proudly presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York. When we come back, we will discuss rookie running backs and how I think they can make a run on fantasy football this year. This is a Wake Up Call Fast Break. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315 315- 487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash DT, happy to be here with you on the live line here on mixlr.com backslash Wake up call DT. We've gone a little bit over today, but that's because this morning was spent doing the right thing for the people of Spain, for America, for England, for Guam, you name it, you got it. It was about the world today, and that took precedence over everything. But in taking precedence over everything, it doesn't mean that I changed the time with Mike Safka. On a different show, they might say, hey, Mike, we only got a half an hour for you today. I say, Mike, We got an hour, and an hour is an hour, and we got a lot of advice to give, and why not share it? So we've extended the show today for you, and that is a way of saying thank you for listening in. Mike said before the break, rookie running backs, and I'm right there with him. We need to discuss it. I have a run on rookie running backs in my rankings that put them very close, yet I think that there's two of them that have a really, well, I don't want to say two of them, maybe three of them that have a really good opportunity to advance forward this year. One of them definitely is going to make it happen if he stays healthy. So the way that I look at it is as follows. My rookie running backs show up in the top 15. Number 14 is Leonard Fournette. I can argue a case to put him at number 12 and drop Todd Gurley, but I have Leonard Fournette at number 14. At number 15, Christian McCaffrey. At number 16, Delvin Cook. At number 17, Joe Mixon. And then you won't see them for a while until we get to Joe Williams and Kareem Hunt. So I'm going to say this really quick and then like let Mike take it over here. Leonard Fournette, in my opinion, he is, he is the first opportunity since Fred Taylor to have a dominant back in Jacksonville. Dominant. Maurice Jones-Drew led the nation with 1,600 yards in a season against an offensive line that you would regard as one of the worst in the country. So props to Maurice Jones-Drew. But Fred Taylor was consistent. The only thing that nagged Fred Taylor was a hamstring injury that never went away. But Leonard Fournette has the opportunity, the ability, the height, the strength, and the body 
to be that guy that's going to go in between your tackles, break out into the outfield, break out in, I mean, him in an open field is a dangerous, dangerous thing. And if you think he can't do it by going in the middle of the tackles, you're wrong. If you think he can't bounce to the outside and turn on the Jets, you're wrong. Leonard Fournette, who people would say, well, his numbers went down the longer he was at LSU. Leonard Fournette is a danger to any team. He is the hope of the Jacksonville Jaguars if Blake Bortles throws three interceptions in a game. Fournette is strong. He is powerful. He can lay the boom, and he can take a hit. He creates. And one play that I will never forget is when Fournette had the wherewithal to stand behind his quarterback in an emergency situation when LSU played Syracuse in the Dome. His quarterback, Brandon Harris, flipped the ball back to him, and Fournette took what would have been a 10-yard sack loss and turned it into what I believe was a 71-yard touchdown run down the tightrope. He's played in the SEC, and the the Nate Hackett, Doug Marone offense, I know very well from covering Syracuse. I'm going to go down to Jacksonville, and I'm going to see this offense again. Like Nate Hackett said to me, Danny, you know this offense. So knowing this offense, you would be insane to not draft Leonard Fournette. You would be insane to not draft Leonard Fournette. Christian McCaffrey right behind him, I put him here because Jonathan Stewart has been one of the biggest fantasy busts of all time. I don't care if he had a really good week. He's what Mike said. I'm going to draft. I'm going to bring Brian Hoyer on my team for one week. I'm not going to draft him. I'm just going to bring him in in a bye week, use him, and get rid of him. That's how I feel about Jonathan Stewart. Christian McCaffrey is an opportunity to be a one-two punch for Cam Newton that can get Cam back to being Cam. Christian McCaffrey creating and giving this team the spice it needs to get back to what it felt like to be a Carolina Panther two seasons ago. Christian McCaffrey is a creator with a team that already has one in Cam Newton. Two creators working together with that option, dangerous. Delvin Cook, Latavius Murray, worst thing that could have ever happened to Latavius Murray, Delvin Cook. Second worst thing, injury during the preseason while Delvin Cook is working to get better. He played with FSU. He played against the best of the best, national championship winners and contenders. He is a danger, and Sam Bradford's not that bad of a quarterback. And on this team where Sam Bradford showed some consistency last year, now he's got a running back that doesn't have Asiata or McKinnon as a last name. He has a guy who can be an immediate impact. And as much as it pains me to say because of his off-the-field disgusting issues, Joe Mixon is one of those catalysts that can take the Giovanni Bernard Jeremy Hill, two-headed waste of time, and turn it into something successful. Joe Mixon could literally finally give Cincinnati a dominant change of pace back who can go between the tackles, catch out of the backfield, and be a danger throughout the year. Joe Mixon, at the end of this thing, could be one of the best fantasy point performers in the country, in my opinion. So, they all made the top 20. And as soon as Fournette went, just as I think it'll happen in the draft, you see the first rookie running back go, and McCaffrey, Cook, and Mixon are not far behind him. Mike, how do you address the rookie running back this year? 
Well, a lot of it's going to come down to which teams can run block. You know, we've talked about it before with Jacksonville's failure to block. Run blocking is a little bit easier, and a lot of teams have more success at run blocking. Pass blocking, there's a lot of different variables with the blitz, with the disguises, with the formations, with the bump and run coverage. There's all sorts of things that can go wrong when you're passing a ball. Running the ball, you got beef in front of you, and they're moving. And if you're a beefy guy like Fournette, you're going to get the ball. You're going to get it off. And, and regardless of the bulletin board material he's given everybody, Jacksonville is going to keep handing him the ball. And that's what you want. Now, last night, they didn't look very good doing it. They looked very bad against the Tampa defense. But at the same time, this is a guy who's going to have the opportunities. He has the skills. He's played at a high level in college. And I think the taper off in college was more of a Jadavion Clowney situation where deep down inside, he just was trying not to get hurt so he could cash in and get a high, you know, a high draft pick and go to the NFL like I'm sure his dream was. So Leonard Fournette is a guy that's number 13 running over running back overall on my board. You can find him at the end of the second round. And then not far behind him at number 17 is Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey, a smart kid out of Stanford, he just makes people miss. Go ahead and research. Look on YouTube and look for um, McCaffrey juking uh, Keekly. And he juked Keekly. I'm not surprised Keekly didn't break his ankle in practice on this move. McCaffrey's got the moves. This is a guy that you can get a lot of value in at the end of the third round. And right behind him at number 18 on my list is Dalvin Cook. I've seen Dalvin Cook play against my Gators. Dalvin Cook is an outstanding, outstanding running back. And in the right situation, which he fell into in Minnesota, this is going to go far. Now, Latavius Murray, no slouch, good pedigree, proved himself. I was on Latavius Murray way before anybody else a couple years ago because I had the opportunity to see him play at UCF. And this is a guy who is definitely an NFL running back. But when you got with Dalvin Cook's skill set is and Dalvin Cook's ability to, to be on the field all downs, to, to pass block, to be able to catch those passes, yet still run with power between the tackles, that's a Dalvin Cook. And you can find value in him at the end of the fourth round. Now, a little bit above him in the fourth round, but much lower on my list at 26 is a Joe Mixon. And he's the best of both worlds when it comes to, like you pointed out, Dan, a, a Jeremy Hill and a Giovanni Bernard. He combines both those skill sets, so he's able to stay on the field more often. He'll just come off for a blow, and one of those guys will go in. And, yes, there's been some off-the-field character issues, but this is the thing that's going to hold him down in some leagues. Don't be afraid to take a Joe Mixon if you want to win your league. And further down on the list at 49 is a Kareem Hunt, but he's got the most upside and the most potential to overtake the starter in Spencer Ware in Kansas City because, well, Spencer Ware is a little bit injury-prone and Spencer Ware isn't an elite running back. So when you take those things into consideration, there's value in some rookie running backs. Don't be afraid to take a rookie running back. Rookie quarterback, not so much. Rookie running back, go ahead. Yeah, and when you look at when you look at this, and like you brought up Spencer Ware, I put him higher. You know, I put him higher, and and I did. This was one of the hardest ones to choose. And again, our rankings are our rankings, but it's also a place to understand where you think a guy will go. Spencer Ware, I have him at number eleven. I have Todd Gurley at number twelve. These two guys very easily for me. Could see LeGarrette Blunt, who I have at 13, jump them. The only reason why LeGarrette Blunt is not breaking my top 10 is because 
He is in Philadelphia. So I can argue Leonard Fournette and Christian McCaffrey to go above LeGarrette Blunt, not because of his talent, but because of where he is. I can argue Todd Gurley because Todd Gurley was relatively gross last year. He did not get 100 yards in any game last year at all. And Spencer Ware, I put Spencer where I put him because he is, to me, that guy that you could trust in the catching game and in the rushing game. 921 rushing yards, 33 catches, 5 total touchdowns. Ware had almost 1,400 total yards from scrimmage last season in 14 games despite a concussion and a rib injury. So 14 games, 1,400 total yards. That breaks down to literally 100 yards per game cumulatively, which is great if you're in a, if you're in a league where you get every 10 yards a point, two points, whatever it may be. Every 10 yards a point, you got 10 points without him even scoring the ball. He was a pleasant surprise to fantasy owners last year. Sharkandrick West is not going to push him. Our C.J. Spiller is not going to push him. Kareem Hunt, who was drafted in the third round of this year's draft out of Toledo, he will push him. But Kareem Hunt is lower on my list because I'm anticipating that we're going to see a lot of Spencer Ware and Kareem Hunt's going to have to work to find his place in this, where Delvin Cook can be the guy. Christian McCaffrey's going to be the guy. Leonard Fournette is going to be the guy. Joe Mixon very, very, very possibly is going to be the guy. But to some of these other guys to round things out, Mike, there's two I want to discuss, and uh, one of them is coming back into the NFL. Another one is switching teams and has gone through his own suspension recently. And that is a Marshall, Marshall, Marshawn Lynch, who is going to the Oakland Raiders, and Adrian Peterson, who is a New Orleans Saint. And I know that that John had uh, had written and he wanted to know about AP. AP makes my top twenty at number twenty. He is surpassed by number nineteen, Mark Ingram. And Mark Ing- this is my thing. Adrian Peterson has the talent, as we know, to be an, to be a number one guy. But he is on the Saints, which is great news for Drew Brees. Somehow the Saints look like a fantasy football team because they have Drew Brees and their receivers and Adrian Peterson and Mark Ingram on the same roster. But Mark Ingram is coming off of his best single-season performance ever in the NFL. So that is why Mark Ingram is 19 and Adrian Peterson is 20. Marshawn Lynch is 18 for me. Where do you put these guys, and what do you think about Marshawn Lynch's return to the NFL and the conundrum of Mark Ingram having his best season ever and the way that the Saints thank him for it is by bringing in Adrian Peterson? Well, Marshawn Lynch, you got to temper your expectations a little bit with the time off and with the fact that there was a decline. I'm not, I, I was surprised that he walked away when he did, but that was his choice. You know, I got him ranked number 16 overall. You can get, you can uh, pick up Marshawn Lynch about the middle of the third round, third round average draft position of the fifth pick in the third round. The Mark Ingram and Adrian Peterson situation is very unique. He, Adrian Peterson, here's the guy, a beast, been a beast. I've been on top of his game since he was at Oklahoma. This is a guy that, you know, if you remember his final touchdown play at Oklahoma, he leaped into the end zone and broke his collarbone, and a lot of people had a setback there. And you want to know what's odd about that whole situation is that actually helped him, I think. That actually pushed him to work harder because he had to overcome 
those challenges. That being said, this is a guy who had to take some time off from the game recently for some off-the-field issues as well. And in a new system here in New Orleans, I think he's going to fit well. I just think Mark Ingram is going to get a lot more of the goal line situation and a lot more opportunities than a Peterson would. Now, Peterson's going to make the best of his opportunities, but right now you can you can get a Mark Ingram at the beginning of the fifth round, and you can get an Adrian Peterson near the end of the sixth round. I've got Mark Ingram number 20 overall as far as the running backs and number 37 for Adrian Peterson as far as running backs. So if you can figure out a way to get both those guys, God bless you, but you might have a tough choice week to week. So if you have to pick one, I hate to say it, but you may go with Ingram. But hopefully you're in a situation where you can get a running back three in an Adrian Peterson, and, well, you'd be a good team at that point. And and my last my last note here, I want Mike to to make his last, and, and I will make my my last as well. I ranked my top forty four running backs, but I also gave others to mention. Those that did not make the list of forty four are Samaje Perrine, Washington Redskins rookie, Charles Sims, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Thomas Rawls, Seattle Seahawks, who is currently injured. Derrick Henry, Tennessee Titans, Doug Martin, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who will not be with him for the first few weeks. And to me, he's a consistent underperformer. Jamal Williams, rookie for the Green Bay Packers. Belial Powell of the New York Jets, who somehow is ranked in people's top 30, and I don't get that. Theo Riddick, Detroit Lions. Duke Johnson, Jr. of the Cleveland Browns. James Conner of the Pittsburgh Steelers, who I think will get some goal line opportunities, but it may be one carry for three yards and a touchdown. So if you need the touchdown... Put him in a flex position, but I don't see him as, as getting a ton of carries. I just see him as being kind of treated as the fullback to Le'Veon Bell, but he will get some touchdowns. So my top 44 does not include Samaje Perrine, but it does include Robert Kelly at number 44. It was so hard for me to figure out a spot for these two because Robert Kelly, we've seen some good things, but we don't know how much he's going to be used. Samaje, we, we know he's coming in, and there's an anticipation that he's going to play and have some time, but how much is in question? Jacquez Rogers and Doug Martin are at the bottom of this for me with Charles Sims because Tampa Bay is a fluid situation and has been, and Deontay Foreman drops down here because of you know his, his issues off the field. DeAndre Washington is at 40, but if, Marsha, if Marshawn Lynch decides to give up or whatever that Marshawn Lynch is, because he is his own enigma, if he does that, then DeAndre Washington is going to go up my list. But my number 39, my last note to make, is Marlon Mack from the University of South Florida. He is a rookie coming in this year. He's at an exciting place as a rookie. He gets to learn from one of the most durable backs currently playing in Frank Gore. On top of that, don't be surprised to see Indianapolis test him out on the field in his rookie season. He could be the exact definition of a sleeper this year. I feel good about Marlon Mack, and I got to tell you, folks, I trust I trust my gut more than anything else. So Marlon Mack is in there somewhere, and my top 44 is there. But there are those guys that didn't make my top 44, and every single one of them that didn't make it is in a quarterback is in a pardon me a running back battle this year. Mike, your final note for the running back rankings for today's show. Well, we've talked about in the previous week Samaje Perrine and his ability to overtake Rob Kelly in Washington. There's a problem, 
And that problem is, like we've talked about today, pass blocking. He doesn't get it. He's not doing it. And that catapults Rob Kelly into getting more opportunity, more touches. I got a Rob Kelly ranked 29th. You can grab him ninth round in the middle there. Samaje Perrin, I got him ranked much lower. He's going to have trouble getting on the field. Marlon Mack, you're right on the money. This is a rookie who's going to get the opportunity. Don't forget, Frank Gore has had some near catastrophic injuries he's overcome in years past and he is getting a little long in the tooth but you know there's a lot of good running backs out there you've mentioned quite a few just monitor the situation know your tolerance for guys that aren't going to be able to play such as a Doug Martin know your scoring system so you know if a Bilal Powell is a guy you may want as your fourth or fifth running back you know there's a lot to to, to take in here, but um, there's a lot of good opportunities at running back, even if you're stretching, even if you're reaching, and even if you wait late to take a running back three or a four, you're going to be fine. There's a lot to go around, and um, for more on that, you just head to my website, HallOfFameFantasyFootball.com, and I have my updated top ten list, and well, of course, you can always shoot me a question. I do answer your emails. I do answer questions. You can find me on Facebook and Twitter as well. Hall of Fame Fantasy Football.com. That coming once again from Mike Sofka, my co host for all things fantasy football, proudly presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York. And Mike and I proudly playing in our Orlando Wake Up Call Fantasy Football League that is in year number eight. And I'm very proud of that. So we did have one more thing. The way that Lynch runs so aggressively doesn't hinder or help him for being out for a year. I think anybody that's out for a year is hindered. I think that it is it is definitely not a good not good for the running back to be away from football for any amount of time, let alone a couple of weeks. You know, a, a year is is a big thing. He fell into a perfect position. Marshawn did with the Raiders. With that being said, he's still in a situation where I question his desire to be there. I question his ability to move the ball at times, and I question I question how much he wants it. I question the health of his body, and you know I, I question the fact that when he finished up in Seattle, he left looking like the opposite of Marshawn Lynch. So I, you know, you take a flyer on him, but he would be my third. He would be like a running back three for me. There's a lot of other guys that I would run after before I ran after him. So. With that being said, Mike Sofka, Hall of Fame Fantasy You can check him out on social media. You can write to him. You can be a part of Hall of Fame Fantasy Football. Let him help you in your fantasy football league, wherever you are in the country, wherever you are in the world. And of course, you can go to wakeupcalldt.com, fantasy football tab, quarterback rankings, running back rankings, wide receiver and tight ends being added and updated this weekend. Mike, as always, I appreciate your level of knowledge and wisdom. And, you know, I just I really thank you for, for being the guy that you are and, and being the positive person that you are. You know, we talk football, but it's just nice to know that I'm on the other line of somebody who is out there doing good in the world. And, you know, to have this show come full circle, I would be remiss if I didn't thank you for being the guy that you are. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity, and uh, I look forward to having a great season here. Uh, don't forget, you know, you're playing against me in that league, so we got something going on here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take you this year. I'm gonna, I'm gonna win. All right. Well, you said that. He said he's gonna take me. So mm, we'll have to see what happens here. It's wake up call, Hall of Fame fantasy football. We're going off against each other. It's gonna be fun no matter what. 
and I'm going to be excited to do it. Mike, as always, I look forward to the challenge. And, you know, maybe we should have like a little separate league where you and I play each other every single week. Maybe we should do that too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's fine with me. That coming from Mike Sofka. So, as always, much appreciated, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. All right, sounds good. Thanks. Thanks. So, once again, Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com. Check it out. Do not miss it. Definitely put yourself out there. So, I want you to come to my site. I want you to come to WakeUpCallDT.com and check out Fantasy Football. But Mike is one of the best people that I know in fantasy football. And so, absolutely go to Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com. Utilize his services and ask him questions as well. Because the two of us together, two heads together, are better than one, and hopefully we can lead you in the right direction. With that being said, that's Fantasy Football Friday, proudly brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub in the in, in Camillus, 3680 Milton Avenue, in the Home Depot Plaza. It is right by, by Township 5. I want to thank the Wildcat Sports Pub, Danny Tome, I, I've had so, I mean, we've literally worked together for for <clears throat> just a few weeks here, and I've had so much fun doing this, and and I really appreciate it. You know, Danny and I were talking last night on the phone, and I'm really excited. His son, who's 15 years old, is going to play in his first fantasy football league, and I wish him nothing but the best. And and on top of all of that, like I said, we have maybe two spots left of all four leagues combined at the Wildcat. So if you don't sign up on wakeupcalldt.com right now on the what's happening part of the homepage, wakeupcalldt.com, scroll down to what's happening, name, email, and just write fantasy football in there. If you don't sign up now, you will lose that spot. There's only a couple left and everybody else is signed up, ready to go. Saturday, August 26th at noon and 5. Sunday, August 27th at noon and 5. Our live drafts are set up. Two on Saturday, two on Sunday, and ready to go. Live on location at the Wildcat Sports Pub. Come out and see us. Come hang out. Go to the Wildcat any day of the week. Go there for the NFL season. Go there for the fight. Go there for everything. So, Definitely, it is a it is a family friendly sports bar, which is few and far between. And Danny and Heather, thank you so much for for trusting me with fantasy football and trusting me with an opportunity to bring a new look and something different to a company that you love and you care about so much. I appreciate that, and I thank you for it. And I am ecstatic that the Wildcat is home for fantasy football. I feel like we finally found a good home for this thing. 